Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Edwards of the Schuster Center, and this is our Profiles in Success podcast. And I'm here at the Hermosa Inn with Dr. Teeks Torres Carter of Paragon Dental in Omaha, Nebraska. Hi, Teeks. Hi, Mike. And she's here for our Transitions and Life Planning course with her husband, Dr. Matt Carter. And uh, how are you enjoying the Hermosa Inn? It is an amazing place here. Just really beautiful and yeah. relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you're originally from? San Diego. San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. So this is probably feels more at home, especially this area. The warm weather. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. All the I cactus. Just, and I just <laughs> saw you were there for a wedding celebrating. Who, who was that? My younger brother got married yeah. and uh, got some family time in and some beach time in. It was nice. Yeah. Are you from a big family? I'm from a very large family in Los Angeles, yep. Yeah, how many? Oh, boy. We've uh, been in the Los Angeles Times twice for being the largest family in Los Angeles. So really? It's a lot. At our wedding, we had over 500. And it oh, was my gosh. My family. That's yeah. incredible. It's beautiful, yep. Yeah. And uh, how did your family get to California? Are they? Oh, some of them were there when California was still uh, Mexico. Really? And they were in uh, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather had a um, mortuary and a liquor store. This was great, great grandpa. And then they moved to Los Angeles. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you grew up there. How did you get to Omaha, Nebraska? <laughs> Aren't you missing the beach and the weather? I do. You know, uh, Omaha is a really nice place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot lower, um, smaller city than San Diego so mm-hmm. not as much going on I feel like I can don't have traffic and I have more time with my family so yeah yeah um Creighton Dental School got us there Matt and I met I see so you went to dental school in Nebraska I did yeah and then just stayed oh, and you met Matt while I you were in Matt. dental school I did okay. yeah. what year were you so I was a student at San Diego State and at that time um San Diego State was doing um a fellowship in the summer and Creighton took it on from for San Diego State to have a senior go and tour the dental school and in the summer do dental some dental classes so we met during that summer oh okay and what were the what were the classes about oh um like how to put in a composite they let us play with composite and um we had to write an article and mine was on the bonding strength of composite, really boring stuff. And then, yeah, we just we assisted in clinic and that sort of thing. So it was. Was anybody fun. else in your family a dentist? No. Okay, uh, so you're the first the one. Yeah. How about any doctors? Anything? No. What What type of jobs had your family had in the past? My parents were the first to go to college. Um, my grandmothers both um, couldn't read or write. So college was like, it was a big deal that my parents were the first to go to college yeah. even. And my siblings and myself are the first to have like professional degrees. Wow, that's So it was incredible. a big deal. Mm-hmm. You're breaking glass ceilings <laughs> for your family, you know? Right. All right, good. So so that's how you be, you know, how you found Matt. Mm-hmm. And you started dating right then? No. Um, when I tell the story, it sounds like he's the stalker, but I'm glad he did st- You're <laughs> glad he stalked, stalked me. you? Yeah, In this <laughs> case, the stalking worked out. <laughs> it did. Uh, so he took, he took no not as an answer. Right. No was not final. Right. I actually didn't really meet him 
during that summer. I, well, I did. I just didn't know it was him until we met on our blind date. But um, he would walk up to me and then not say anything. And so I thought he was this guy that was mad at me all the time that I'd accidentally bump into. And because he's kind of big and can give a look like he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't that he was mad. He was nervous. So You didn't know what to say. No, nothing came out. That's great. So I was like, this guy's really weird. I need to, like, not be wherever he's at. And That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it was right when email was like a big deal, AOL, Mm -hmm. and he sent me emails for a year without responding. I didn't respond, and then started writing himself back, and so I was like, this guy's funny. So um, I went on a blind date. Cool, and then, you know, he was telling earlier some stories about long-distance phone bills. Yeah, he drove a limousine to pay for her. (laughs) That's what he said. He had a job, so tell the story. Um, Yeah, he... Um, drove limousines and got to meet some famous people but you know right that's right when cell phone this is how you can tell when we first met is when cell phones then the long distance turned what became like uh, was free service mm-hmm. was right when he proposed to me so that's when we got our first cell phones even yeah well he was saying that <laughs> his cell phone bill was bigger than his tax bill Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I'm sure I'm allowed to tell all these things. So you, what? Did, what uh, why did you get into dentistry? What did you like about playing with the materials, assisting in the clinic? What What drew you to that field? Well, um, actually coming from a family of entrepreneurs, uh, they were always in the doing some sort of business. My parents, living in San Diego, had day jobs, but then they always had a night job and weekend jobs. And oh, my gosh. They would um, try to come up with different types of businesses all the time. So we had, like, a goat business, a honey business. And <laughs> it's the American dream, though, right? That's what they <laughs> right. thought. If you're going to make it anywhere, yeah. you're going to make it right here right. in L.A., land of dreams. Mm-hmm. I helped put a coffee house together, and uh, we did jazz on the weekends and, uh, like, a bed and breakfast in the mountains. Yeah. And then um, I actually was for San Diego State. I was doing like mentorship and I ran a, this club for business and putting uh, internships. And I thought, well, during one of my crowns, my dentist was placing. I looked at him and I said, this is a business. Can I make my own internship with you? He laughed and he said, yeah, of course, you can come in tomorrow. And I was hooked because it was like I could I love art and creating things like that and this was like a combination of art it was a business and like everything that I really wanted I was hooked that's great so you went through dental school you get out was it what you expected no way (laughs) (laughs) you didn't get to create the art no in fact I had that dentist that I in San Diego that I was working for um had no advertisement is only advertisement was his name in the phone book and he did he saw one patient at a time and like people paid cash like I thought that's how dentistry was he's always he had always been the only dentist I knew Mm -hmm. and personable and creating exactly what you wanted so when we bought our practice it was not at all what I had experienced dentistry was like and it was heart-wrenching, actually, because we had so many people coming in. And the volume of people, we didn't have any business skills. And there was just more to it than I had signed up for. But, I mean, it was, 
I liked the challenge, but this was a little overwhelming right after dental school and trying to re, like start a family. Cause so you walked into a hop and practice. Oh, yeah. Dental school didn't prepare <laughs> you to run anything. No. Now, the only entrepreneurial or business-type skills you saw in your parents, which, which mm-hmm. sounds like it's just work harder. Right. Make it work. Um, yep. So what was it like? We had, I'm trying to think if we had 10 operatories, I have to count. It was a lot of rooms, and we had a lot of hygienists. They weren't all full-time, so it was like come and go. We also had a lot of turnover of staff, Mm -hmm. and just trying to get anybody we could in in the door to help us out. Uh, I just felt like it was going so fast, and there was no continuity. There was, we didn't have a staff meeting or talk about how we wanted to help our patients out, and it was just uh, like survival is how I felt. And then Matt and I, wearing, running the practice together, added a little bit of complexity because we have two married couples now with two different views, and no one talked about what's your vision and what's your why and how do you, where do you want to go with this. We just were really on the fly it was out of control we had bonuses for no reason I think our overhead might have been 90 percent when we met Dr. Schuster it was embarrassing that's about what he was saying too yep so so you were doing how much a year would you say about a million we were doing a million we thought that was so cool like because the senior dentist there wanted to do a million we did it the first year but that's the magic spot when you hit a million (laughs) something magical (laughs) happens right and Everything's mm. great. You can go get the sports car, the second home, because you made a million. No, it did not feel like we were making a million. I don't know. Mm. Well, the 90% overhead, right? you're not bringing home that much, Ten grand a month. And then if you are, are bringing ten grand a month, that's before taxes, mm. loan payments, all these other, th- other things. So what was it like living on that, but knowing you made a million dollars? How did you, what you know, when you would think about this, it had to be frustrating. It was super frustrating. And talk about taxes. Before we met the Schuster Center, taxes was a crisis for us. Like, literally, I thought Matt was going to have a heart attack. Every time our um, CPA would try to figure out the taxes, he didn't realize he was $20,000 off, like, almost every time. And that's Your like, accountant was? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think lack of communication or maybe we didn't have any goals set, you know, like, I was definitely all that and more. Do you still use the same account? No. No. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you remind me of this um, because we all diagnose to our level of knowledge, right? Knowledge right. and experience. And if we don't know something, we can't diagnose it. And sometimes we diagnose it, but if we don't have the training, we can't treat it. And it reminds me of a time when I had switched accountants. So I was using an accountant that... Uh, was under the, it became under the uh, investigation by the IRS. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I were pretty fearful of the whole thing. And, you know, you're trusting them to handle your taxes. And the, and the fact was that he ended up setting precedent in court with the IRS. The IRS was going after him like crazy. A judge had told them to leave them alone a few times oh, wow. and stop, drop the case. And they didn't. They kept going. It was really one guy. There's always one guy in government. Mm -hmm. And if you piss them off, they're coming after you like a bulldog with all their power. So anyway, what happened is they set precedent. I had left their firm and went to what's supposed to be one of the best accountants 
uh, for dentists in the St. Louis market. And I get a, uh, a call from them, and they say, you need to come in so we can go over this. And he said, you need to pay an additional $40,000. Wow. I've already been paying quarterly. I pay in my paycheck. Mm-hmm. And now another forty. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm feeling pretty bummed. The old accountant calls me, and they said, hey, we don't have your, you know, you haven't given us any data to do your returns. I hadn't told them I'd left yet. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd been my accountant for a long time. So I dropped all my stuff off there on, I believe it was a Friday. I dropped all my data off. And the old man of the firm, the rainmaker, he sat in his office and he audited those, audited those books all weekend. And on Monday, he called me in the morning and goes, I need to meet with you. So I went to the office, uh, you know, show up at the accounting office in the evening. Great big office. It's dark. <laughs> I, I remember this because he offers me a cigar and they're Cubans. And you were not mm. supposed to have Cuban cigars at this time. Right. So he's got the Cuban cigar. And then I'm thinking, no shit, you're under investigation by the IRS. What are you doing with it? And then he's, and I remember at the time I didn't drink bourbon or anything. And he goes, you look like a whiskey man, not scotch. And I go, okay, probably. He goes, whiskey splash of water. And I go, okay. And he fills this glass up almost to the top and then goes like this under running water. <laughs> it was so strong. So now I've got a cigar and a burb. I have no idea what to do. I'm like 20. I don't know. I wasn't that old. I was probably in my early 30s. And he says to me, he goes, doctor, you're getting a $12,000 refund. I go, what the hell? How? And immediately I'm thinking, here we go. This is why you're under investigation. This is, cannot be true. And the fact was it was true. Because he had set precedent on how to apply uh, health insurance premiums for the owner into the practice where it was um, it's, it's either has to be a deduction or it was counted as income. And then there were these different bases. It's very complicated tax law, but he had set precedent in court on it and won. So the other accountant didn't know about these things. Mm. So just a few of these little tricks completely wiped out 50 grand in taxes. Wow. But it's because he had the experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, so now what's your tax situation? I mean, I'm sure you're using the Schuster Center. Right. Yeah. So at the Schuster Center, we use Tony Kong. Yep. Tony Kong is ours. Yep. Um, for financial, and we James. use. Mm-hmm. Yep. James is great. For finances, we use Resource One in St. Albans, Missouri. And that's who's here this weekend for the uh, transitions and life planning course. And then Legacy uh, Brokerage for practice transitions. So those are the three people here this weekend helping us. But uh, Tony has bailed out a ton of people. Tony as far just as taxes on our goes. first day meeting him had saved us thousands of dollars. Yeah, and um, we hadn't even signed on yet, but he was just giving us advice, mm-hmm. you know. And he's available all the time. Yeah, and in email or whatever, and or just now if we wanted to meet with him, he's always been available. Yeah, just very sincere, and so it's been amazing. We. Now don't have surprises with taxes. Matt's not afraid of hearing about when our tax, you know, um, payments or returns because we really don't. I think we always get a return. Yeah, because we a, a plan refund. ahead. A refund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know the first time we talked, Dr. Schuster had had set us up, and I think were you just finishing the program? So no, we had um, finished the program in 2014, I think, okay. and. 
for a while been practicing a lot of what the Schuster um, helps, you know, provide the skills and tools for meeting someone for the first time. And when I first met Dr. Schuster, I told him that our our practice was about building relationships. And he <laughs> and I got into a little argument about it because our practice at that time was all about us. We had a scrolling like pictures on our computers that would talk about each employee and what they were doing. But it wasn't about transformation and what we were doing for our patients. It was more about us. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see that. You know, you just don't know what you don't know. And so for the Schuster Center, we had been practicing just the skill set part alone and a program on how to get someone out of disease. We had been practicing that, using that as a tool to help patients get healthy. But we hadn't had the skills, like technical skills. And when I met you, we had done a year in um, Dawson, I think. In okay. Florida, we were doing the first like, three classes. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. But let me back up uh, to something that you just said, that you're meeting people for the first time, you're walking them through a process, you're helping them get healthy. I'm guessing you didn't have 10 operatories and four hygienists going anymore. We still did. You did. So yes. how are you doing that? Because that, that takes time. <laughs> so um, during this time, I was having children, and we had two. We had another doctor there. So Matt and that doctor were doing all the production. I was practicing the skills from the Schuster Center. So I was doing... So you had two practices going. Pretty much the whole time. I see. So you had one, the engine that kept the revenue, actually production coming because you were in Mm -hmm. a lot of insurance networks, correct? Correct. So they had to work really hard to make some money out of that. Mm -hmm. And then you started another practice on the side, inside that practice. That's essentially what we were doing. I Mm -hmm. see. So what what would you say when when, when you went through the Schuster Center? You know, you started out overhead 90%. When you're finished with the Schuster Center, what's your overhead? It's been as low as 56%. Right now, we had another event that we cha- We are out of network completely. So, so right you're now a we're true going, fee-for-service practice. We are. Yeah. So our overhead, just because we lost some patients, is going to s- feel like it's really high again. It's like in the 70s, not in the 50s where we want it to be, but it's not 90s like it was. It might even be like 60s or 50s. It just depends on on that month what we're collecting. It's um, we're Sure. We're in a transi- transition because of the change that we made. So we're getting new patients um, that know what we're doing now is different. Mm-hmm. So right now it's going to feel like that we've slowed down tremendously. We see one patient at a time. Definitely more time talking about with our patients about what they want to create. It feels good this way, even if we make less at, at first. Um, we do have more technical skills now that when we start, we have people through the process. We just are now getting them um, through the work that we do. I see. So now that your overhead has crept up because of this transition out of insurance, you do you feel confident that you've got the skills and knowledge to know how to bring that overhead back down? One hundred percent. Yes. So you um, don't need a consultant. You don't need to hire anybody. You know what to do. No, and I feel like with the Schuster Center, I have a team of other dentists that act as support. They're all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have coaches, and in the training we've done technical skills. We have what's called angels. And more than enough support other people who have done exactly what we are doing. So we're not alone, and that helps 
tremendously to have that, you know, help. Right. Right. So what excites you about dentistry now? What's your passion? I I love it. (laughs) Um, Seeing patients getting healthy. We sometimes take for granted how healthy our patients are until we just recently hired a new um, team member because we had someone moving. Mm On the second week of her training, she stopped me and she says, Doc, why don't your patients, she said she called it yuck mouth. Why don't they have yuck mouth? And I said, what are you talking about? And she says, well, in, I've been an assistant for 40 years. Typically what you see is most patients' mouth, they bleed. They've got stuff all over their gums and teeth. And you're trying to do restorative work, and there's just blood everywhere. She says, your patients are healthy. And I guess I had taken it for granted the time we spend in really going over that piece with patients. And uh, I didn't realize how healthy we really have become. And it's why we, we need new patients, too, a lot of them. Because people are getting healthy they're and healthy. not needing There's problems. No work. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. So how do you do it? How do you so get them healthy? Because <laughs> do they come in like that? No. <laughs> and often they don't even know where where they're at with their dental health. Um, so what's the process like? So it's an interview in the beginning, um, just trying to find out like what dentistry has been like for them, mm-hmm. their past experiences, their health history. It's a full, like finding out their story, really. Mm-hmm. And then um, next we go into where we like discover together what their current reality is, every single tooth. And some people don't even know that they have a filling in their mouth or they don't even know half the dentistry that's in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting them on the same page with you on what you see. They're seeing exactly what I see. And okay. I'm not pointing out that they're broke here or broke here and broke here. We're just talking just the facts, like, you know, what I see in their mouth. And then together. So it's not just what's wrong. It's what's right as well. Correct. It's just a true assessment. Or you would say it's not bad news or good news, it's just news. Right. I mean, they're healthy in some areas. In some areas, they may not be. So they get to hear the parts where they're healthy and that they're doing really well on. And also some parts where we can work on because it sounds like, you know, they'll share what their concerns are during this process and what they want to create. And so together, that gives us opens up doors to like, hey, you know, hey, we've got something we can work together Mm -hmm. and go forward with. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's customized care is what it is. Yeah. So can you talk about uh, some of the cases that you're restoring as you go through the residency at OBI? Sure. Um, I mean, what's that like? It is, I feel like it's life-changing. A lot of them, when we're done, feel like they're, they have said multiple times that they feel like family at the end. <laughs> With, um, you know, they come in frequent for us to get them in an ideal bite you know and and they can see them like they are go from being in pain to out of pain many times and how they don't realize how much pain they're in until they're out of pain Mm -hmm. a lot of them come in to just thank us for like how much this has changed their life and it's different than reacting to everybody's problems it's like we're changing you know some of them are like I didn't even realize that I didn't smile anymore and now and how much of that took away from like my joy in life you know that I smile now I'm confident about my smile and nothing hurts anymore so it's really transformational 
and mm-hmm. the team, it's so transformational for, you, for you're, them. You're saying for you going through the dentistry yourself or performing that salad dentistry? I think both because now I'm helping people get what they want and out of pain and they're getting what they want, you know, like getting to smile again and getting to eat with their teeth and mm-hmm. <laughs> and not not running into cusp or loosening teeth yeah, or having their gums broken received. tooth here and there and right. emergencies going on right so now is that you know it's not only limited to people in pain no it can be well i had one guy he didn't even like think he he didn't he saw he had wear and roots showing but it wasn't like a big deal until we were done and we saw how good it looked and he said you know what wait wait I think it looks amazing, and he does. Like He's already a handsome guy, so when we were done, he looked even more handsome. But he says, what you did is you took me out of pain even more. than We forgot about that piece like a long time ago, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, yeah, we, d- and we have ways of recording it because we take progress notes throughout the treatment, and we can remember really what it was like even before we started. Mm-hmm. And, and then do you do other ways to record the progress? Every time they come in, it's it, for every their cleanings. Then we know too that they can care for it for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, they we don't just do dentistry on at this level until the patient's ready and their body's ready to care for it. I see. So that's interesting because what uh, most people that I I get to interact with a lot of different dentists and in their practices and things. And the thing I I see the most is there's always a rush to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. We want the patient to they want the patient to say yes. And then we want to hurry up and do the work. Yep. So even if it's a larger case, it's still drill, fill and bill. Right. Dentistry. But you you, it sounds like, have stopped that cycle and said, first, we're going to create help with you so you can maintain whatever it is we do. Right. And I just I have someone in my head right now. I just saw her. I just did her new patient exam two weeks ago. And there's a lot going in her mouth, and I think she knows it too. But I have mm-hmm. not e- we have not even gone there yet. We're just on how to remove what's c- the cause of disease first. And I think she really respects that. She actually came in and told the front desk. She brought in, like, her toothbrushes and her toothpaste and was like, she says, this dentist is totally different. Like, So you've got an engaged partner here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I like about that, and it's, you know, my philosophy too, is I don't work in blood. Right. So until they're healthy, I'm not doing any definitive dental work. Right. Imagine that a world not working in blood. It's. I know. It's once you do it, you don't want to go back. <laughs> no. I'll tell you that. And then, I, you know, when I watch other people and I, and I just see, I mean, there is the aerosol that's on their mm. clothes and things mm-hmm. afterward, the gowns. And there's just, you can just see it. You even blow air on the gums half the time they bleed. And they're doing a class five restoration mm-hmm. there. Sorry. You're not going to get a good bond there. I know. But that's dentistry today. I had a um, young 15-year-old, and it was funny because I said, let's just do the same process as we do with adults for this guy. And, yeah, um, and what I happened? It was beautiful, actually. We were in the consult room, and, I, I of course, I didn't take him through. the. It, I just changed it up because of his age. And mm-hmm. um, we get to the back. Every single tooth had white spot lesions and or decay from when he wore braces recently Mm. all of it he if i see him in six months and we hadn't had this conversation and connected the way we did he would have cavities on every single tooth 
and almost I don't know if I could restore or save them. So wow. he and I connected so well. I didn't do my usual exam that I would do, like probing all the teeth. His gums were swollen. He would have been crying or upset and not like me right then and there. Right. So, so you, it sounds like you walk through a diagnostic process, but also one that the patient understands and goes through with you. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, a co-discovery is, uh, so it sounds like you're taking your patients through a co-diagnostic process or co-discovery as Bob Barkley uh, talked about. That's funny you say that. Well, I read his book and I did his method. Really? Mm-hmm. So, well, That's I, incredible. So I, and sometimes I don't get paid for it. I should, but I bring them in every day for a week. Yeah. And we go over how to brush. And in a loving way that's not, um, he can doesn't feel like he's getting judged. I'm trying this to This is what you did with the young boy? I did. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And what happened at the end of the week? Well, first, the parents are blown away that I'm even going to this going to this degree to help him not get cavities like yeah. what Dennis would do that they knew it wouldn't be in network and dad was like I want to pay for your time I mean you take an hour out with my son and um so right now it, I did that for free but dad wants me to do it again for a week mm-hmm. and is going to pay for the hours of my time I mean what a what a gift to give somebody because you help this child mm-hmm. get control of, of disease now the rest of his life, he's going to have that benefit and remember that experience with you. And it's really, mm-hmm. really great. So good. And then um, you do a lot of photography, I know, right? in your office. What does photography do for you uh, when you're in consultations with patients? It helps them to see what, what I see and it see the whole picture, as, see the whole mouth as one because it's easy to say all oh, this tooth right here you know it's got issues but then they forget and that's the one hurting them right now but most often if there's one you know there's other things going on but it's looking at the whole picture mm-hmm. in the mouth as a whole i see so for you know uh, sales of intraoral cameras that focus in on one tooth are so mm-hmm. popular but you're taking it from a one tooth focus or a uh, an issue of the day focus to why is, what's the whole mouth like, right. which is a window into the body. And I know you're very holistic in your thinking with that. You know, right. how, do, how do you work with other professionals to help your patients? Well, um, so when I was doing the Bob Barkley method mm-hmm. and I found in some patients I was only getting so far, they were doing the technique just like I asked. And some of that stuff was just not coming off. So it was a piece of it that I would have to learn a little more on, but I knew it was nutrition. And some foods stick more than others. And so I knew if they were eating, I started having them do um, diet journals and then come in. And so we talked about, like, I I mentioned, well, if I drive up, I do an eight-hour drive to South Dakota sometimes. And if I've been sipping on coffee with cream and sugar and eating biscottis the whole drive, I get there, my teeth feel really fuzzy. And if I'm eating carrots and nuts and apples, on the drive up, when I get there, I'm, my teeth aren't fuzzy. We had done Whole30 and patients that have done cleaned up their diet and have said once they cleaned up their diet, there wasn't plaque all over their teeth anymore. So going into this piece, I needed help, and so I've made friends with a um, functional nurse. She does medicine just down the street from us, a nurse practitioner, and also airway and, like, tongue tie. I have a, 
um, oral facial myologist that lectures for Children's Hospital every year. Can you talk a little bit about about why that's important? Yeah, well, if um, somebody's tongue is tied or their lips aren't closed all the way at night, it's so easy to, for us to say, you know, your gums are so red and inflamed here in the front, and it just might be that their mouth was open at night. and mm-hmm. Or they snore or they sleep with their mouth open. There's an airway issue going on. And so they will also build up more plaque. So there's all these things I can't just assume they're not brushing right. There was all these things I needed help with. Um, and then when I did the training uh, for biostatic dentistry, there's a component of posture that goes into what we do. So I needed help from all these people to help me out to achieve what our goals for the patient. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I know this, you know, I'm <laughs> uh, also a level four graduate of the OBI Foundation, and currently I'm on the board and vice president of the foundation, and you are in the level four residency. Correct. And we see that you, to have an effect on the teeth, you have an effect on the whole body. Right. And it's really crazy. But it also, it's, you know, teeth to toes, as Dr. Jeff McClendon <laughs> likes to say. And it's also toes to teeth. There's one band right. of fascia that runs from the tongue to the toes. Right. And there's feedback throughout the body. So we always notice that once we seat the joints, once we balance the bite, that not only is there a change in facial expression and facial muscles, but of head posture, of airway. Correct. Hips and knees, the whole yeah. thing. People are sleeping better. They're yeah. not in pain. It's yeah. all, you know, the teeth are the body. Mm-hmm. It's all one body. It is. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about your future, you're excited about dentistry, I can tell. I am. Yeah. But COVID happened and I said, there's no way we're letting go of what we do. We just love it so much that we're just going to, you know, we, it was nice to have the Schuster Center and have these groups of dentists, even our um, biostatic dentist international programs mm-hmm. that were uh, every week talking and sharing ideas. How do we open up as soon as we can safely right. and teach that to other dentists? And yeah. And are you talking about the performance coach program or were there other programs that you listen to? Um, the performance coach program, but also within OBI, we were we were the biostatic Right. Um, doctors were all international. We're talking about what are you doing in Japan? What are you doing in Poland? And mm-hmm. So, yeah. Crazy how small the world is, isn't it? <laughs> right. So if you could give uh, young doctors some advice and tell them, you know, well, here are the big three or four milestone steps I took that got me where I am today, what would you tell them? So first, hands down, the right mentors and coaches and the tools for, um, so the Schuster Center, mm-hmm. that's number one. So I can focus on dentistry. Um, Number two was the biostatic learning OBI and how to treat the mouth holistically. Mm -hmm. That way I had a recipe that works every single time. And we had done other other um, residencies, but OBI had gave us a recipe that works every time. Very easy to follow. Yeah. Do you feel like you can treat anything? I do. Very confident in that. Great. And then the third one would be definitely hands down your uh, the Red Sea, yes. Ooh. And we were yeah. Hold on, <laughs> Red Sea workshops. You bet. That's one of my favorite things to do. You know. Oh, I enjoy it every single time I go and I learn something new because you just take away a piece. I think of information when you take any courses, you don't get all of it, or maybe you're in a different place when you. Take the class again. Yes. So 
Um, I try to go as often as I can. And that actually is what helped us get out of network with insurance. We still submit people's insurance and all the paperwork for them as a courtesy, but our patients pay at time of service for their their treatment. And you say it with a smile. I do. And are they happy to pay? They are happy. That's great. Well, you are a true success story. Thank you. Yeah, and you're a gift to the Schuster Center. We're so happy you're here this weekend. And you're going to be a great gift to dentistry and OBI going forward. Thank you. So. It's all been because of the help with the Schuster Center and your help. So thank you for having yeah. us and for, for having me today. All right. Thank you. And let me just ask you, was this easy? <laughs> it was easy. Did yeah. I make it easy? <laughs> yes, you did. All right. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay. Well, that's going to be it for today. Live from the Hermosa Inn <laughs> at the Schuster Center Transitions and Life Planning Course in Arizona. And we'll be doing these uh, podcasts regularly and on location. And the transition course will be happening two to three times a year. We've got great mentors, Dr. John Heron and Dr. Robin Steely will be running this course in the future. And it doesn't matter if you're transitioning to bring in associates or a buy-in partner or a percentage buyout, or you're deciding to transition out of dentistry to completely and on to the next chapter of your life. It's great to have an entire team of people on site helping you create that plan and know what the next steps are to take with confidence. So thank you. 